This bonus episode is sponsored by Toddle. Toddle is an all-in-one teaching and learning platform used by over 40,000 educators around the world. On March 3rd and 4th, Toddle hosted the largest virtual gathering for school leaders across the globe with over 5,000 school leaders in attendance. Today, we're going to speak to two fantastic educators who were in attendance to provide their takeaways and insights from the many wonderful presentations offered. My first guest is Adam Hill, a principal located in China. Adam's school uses the Toddle platform, and he tries to attend as many Toddle online events as possible. We'll be learning about his journey as he just started a brand new school and is implementing Future Ready and STEM practices on his campus. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua underscore Stamper. I have the wonderful opportunity to have Adam Hill, who is a principal over in China. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you very much. It's a beautiful sunny morning here in China. Great to chat to you first. I've seen you on social media so much, but I would love for my listeners to you know, get to know you a little bit more. So will you share just a little bit about your educational and leadership background? Yeah, sure. I, I'm from the UK originally, Manchester, UK. Um, but then I moved to Hong Kong in 2014. I've been a, a teacher, a middle leader in various different roles in Hong Kong. And then this year, um, or just the past year in 2022, um, I had the opportunity to become the, the foreign principal, brand new school in Shenzhen, China. Now, the reason I'm called a foreign principal is because I work in partnership with the Chinese principal. So that's quite common in bilingual schools in China. Uh, so I'm the foreign principal at a brand new school. Well, congratulations on that. That's wonderful. And I'm wondering just your background with different schools overseas, just what your connection with Toddle and how you use that platform within your school. Yeah, so I think I first became familiar with Toddle because of the Inquiry Educator Summit that they throw um, every year. That's always a wonderful event for teachers. They always attract some really big names. And then they did one a few years ago, a STEAM one, the Learning Jam. And one of my passions in education is STEM and STEAM education. So that really attracted me as well. But I think both of those schools that I mentioned in Hong Kong and now the new one in China would use Toddle as a learning platform. And especially the new school in China has been such a lifesaver for us because not only is it a, a planning platform, but also there's reports for us, attendance for us, you know, all of these different things that a school needs. Well, that's amazing. I know you've been in attendance. I've seen all your social media posts the last couple of days in regards to the school leader boot camp. So I just want to know, was there one topic or something that was said by a presenter that really touched you in some way that you potentially might use that on your campus or within your district? Yeah, almost all of them. I mean, that that's why I've been so glued to it all weekend. That's why I've been awake at one o'clock in the morning watching the American ones. Um, I've, I've been so inspired by it. And all of these presentations I've taken something from. I'm going to continue watching them next week, the ones that I missed because I think Toddle will share the recordings. Um, so it's certainly not over yet. And the, the ones that I missed, I've heard so many great things about. But a few that stand out for me was the mentoring masterclass, Michael Iannini. Now, I know him from Hong Kong. I've done some work with him before. So I, I know that he's inspiring. I knew to expect that. But he, he offered some really great advice about mentoring and the interdependence of team members uh, and how to make the most out of middle leaders. So that was particularly uh, interesting for me. There was also one by Anjali Sharma all about storytelling and the stories that your school tells and the identity of a school. So again, as a brand new school, that was really important for us to make sure we're telling the right stories and setting our identity and really establishing our philosophy. Well, Adam, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit. I know 
you know, typically for these conversations, I really just hone in on the total event. But I know you are a consultant, you are traveling, you speak, you know, you do a lot of different things. So I want to know about becoming a principal to a brand new school and some of the challenges that you've been met with that maybe you didn't expect when you took the job. Well, I think the other reason this event this weekend has been so good is because it's so important for me because I think it's really redirected my attention. I'm reflecting now and realizing that I've been distracted by, I suppose, the stuff, the admin of a new school. And and I suppose it had to be that way. Uh, Like I said, a brand new school in August, we had nothing set up, nothing prepared. So we, we had to kind of make sure the school could function, you know, focusing on all the nuts and bolts of a school. But I think I'm now really realizing that perhaps that period went on too long and I haven't spent enough time focusing on the people. I think I've done a lot of management. I've had to, had to set everything up. But now it's really redirecting my attention to leadership and really helping the people in my care. Well, that's amazing. I know you work with STEM and, and EdTech. You're also a consultant. So what is it that you are implementing within your own campus to make sure that your students are ready for their own future and some of the changes that are happening in, in just everyday life? Yeah, I mean, our entire philosophy is, you know, very future driven with the future in mind because a, tradition, a traditional education in China is quite different from what we're offering. An IB education, inquiry-based, you know, we value creativity and innovation and problem solving, critical thinking. So we have to design a, a program, teaching practices that really promote that and encourage that in our students and build those skills in students. We still have to comply with the national curriculum. Uh, but we're an IB school as well. So we bring those two things together as best we can. And I'm always like picking the brains of of my guests in regards to aspiring leadership. So this podcast is really about, you know, growing every single day to become a better leader, regardless of your title. So for those who are listening, if they could do something tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do? Uh, well, one of the things I've learned this weekend is I think it's so valuable to learn about leadership and events like this, read books, listen to podcasts, whatever you could do to learn about leadership is so valuable. But I, I learned this weekend that that's only 10% of what makes a leader. Although that's so valuable, apparently it only makes up 10%. 20% comes from learning from other leaders. So that's 30% and then 70% comes from implementing it yourself. So it's great to learn from events like this. It's great to learn from other people, but we have to start implementing it ourselves. So like I said, I've, I've learned a lot about leading people, but I haven't done enough of it yet. So my my focus going into school tomorrow is really about helping the people in my school and making them better, building them up, empowering the people. Just So I, I, my focus now is a lot of mentoring and coaching. And that's so true. Within your 70% as a new leader, was there ever a time that you failed and learned through that experience to, to make you a better leader? I mean, I, I'm failing all the time. Uh, I make mistakes every day. And that's, and that's all part of it. And I wouldn't have it any other way you know, if we're not failing, we're not we're not pushing the boundaries enough. We're, we're just not trying hard enough. I could very easily stay in my comfort zone, but I wouldn't be a very good leader. So the other thing that Holly spoke about yesterday, he was an amazing keynote speaker from Australia, is about being very aware of what kind of activities are in your comfort zone and what kind of activities are in your stretch zone, and then making a daily effort to do those things that are not comfortable. And then over time, your comfort zone grows. The thing, The activities that you can do comfortably grows, and the things in your stretch zone shrink there are fewer activities that really panic us so just we should always be trying new things and pushing ourselves and doing things that's scary and inevitably failure comes from that and we learn from it so adam for our listeners if they want to connect with you on social media how can they do that 
Uh, the best way is Twitter or Instagram. Uh, it's the same handle on both, Adam Hill EDU. I'm very active on both of those platforms. I have a blog as well. Um, it's less active, but obviously that takes a, a lot more effort. Try to post something every every two weeks. But the best place to see my kind of daily activities would be Instagram or Twitter. Wonderful. Do you have any uh, projects you've got going on and you're really excited about for the upcoming year? Uh, so many things going on. I, I really want to write a book. That's my next challenge. And I've got so many ideas. Uh, but just trying to find time for that is really challenging. But yeah. that's that's what I'm really excited about. I'd love to write the book and, and share that with everybody. Well, I know you have quite a bit of wisdom that you can share and can't wait for that project to kick off. And I really appreciate your time today, not only talking about the tall event, but sharing some of your experiences and, and lessons that you've learned as a leader. Thank you so much. My pleasure. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. My next guest is Annette de Graaf, an aspiring leader located in the Netherlands. As she too attended the Toddle School Leaders Bootcamp, and we're going to learn about her leadership story and what she gained from all the wonderful presentations in this two-day event. Annette, thank you so much for joining me on Aspire to Lead. I would love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about your educational background. Yes. Hi. Good afternoon. Good morning. I am Annette, Annette de Graaf. I'm not sure if you can pronounce it like that. Most people say de Graaf, but officially it's de Graaf because I am Dutch. I am from the Netherlands and we currently live in Norway. So I work at Hobbesen International School as the grade three, four homeroom teacher. But I have a big dream. I think it's time for me to make the next step up. And I would love to become a leader. So that is actually why I attended the School Leaders Bootcamp. Well, let's dive in that a little bit before we get to talking about Tunnel School Leaders Bootcamp. So leadership, you want to go to the next level. What was the driving force behind that? Well, I've been teaching. I've been an educator for 18 years now. Started when I was, I think, 19. I was really young when I, I, I finished university. Um, so I started teaching at a very young age, just like, okay, there you go. Good luck in the classroom. And I had so many big ideas. I always knew when I was nine years old, I knew I had like this vision of how a classroom should be and how students should feel. Because I, as a student myself, I never felt seen or heard or loved in a classroom. I just thought, I'll just have to, to sit my time out here. And then one day I'll be a teacher myself, one day. And then I became a teacher, but then I couldn't make that happen. So that promise that I made to all the children that I would teach, I couldn't really make it happen because they were textbooks, they were standardized tests. It was in a Dutch public school. And it was just like an artist is being asked to uh, paint by number. That made me feel frustrated. Um, and I thought maybe education is not for me. I, I don't want to be a teacher like that. I don't want to like today's lesson one, tomorrow lesson two. And if I did anything just a little bit around that, director would be like, no, no. We bought those workbooks. We bought those textbooks. You got to stick to that. So I tried to. But then I was like, okay, this is enough. So I started doing some research and I came across the International School of Amsterdam. And I read a little bit about the school. I thought like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's just send a letter. And then they invited me for a conversation and I got hired. And then I learned all about the PYP. 
and the MYP. I was a Dutch language teacher for 11 years there. And then I was like, this is it. <laughs> I can finally uh, be in a school where I feel like I'm not that weird teacher who wants to do it differently because everybody is thinking in a different way. Everybody's looking at the children instead of looking at what needs to be done. Of course, we look at goals, but personalized goals and really looking at the child as the growth of the personal growth. And then at some point after being a language teacher for 11 years, I was ready to step up my game again. And then I we moved to Norway because I wanted to be a homeroom teacher. I wanted to really fully embrace the PYP as a homeroom teacher rather than being a specialist teacher because that is so hard to have all these different programs of inquiry that you have to be a part of as a specialist teacher. And I want to just focus on one whole program of inquiry for my class. But I love the curriculum work so much. I really love it. I love the specialist curriculum work, but I love the homeroom curriculum work so much that I've been doing a lot of curriculum work with my colleagues. And of course, for myself, I've developed all the units of inquiry for the past two years because there was nothing for my classes. And I was like, this is it. This is what makes me really, really happy. So now I am ready. I'm ready to become a leader. That's awesome. And I can't wait for you to make that happen. You obviously attended Toddle School Leaders Boot Camp, and I was wondering, is that part of the process for you wanting to become a leader? Yes. There was a little bit of a doubt there because like, I am not a school leader yet. But it's like, you know what? I'm going to manifest it. I'm just going to do it. No shame. Just go and, well, that I will be that educator to get it with all the school leaders, but I'll just show up and participate. I love it. So I know you've been to multiple sessions for the event. I was wondering if there was anything that resonated with you during those presentations. Yeah. So the Eric Jackson session, it was just everything that he was saying about that you create this box around you. So keep yourself small. And you have all these voices saying like, no, you shouldn't do that. And then he said, destroy that box. Just destroy that box. Be who you want to be. Be who you need to be. And I was like, all right, I'll destroy my educator box. And I'll just <laughs> um, go out in the world and really present myself as I am going to be a school leader. I'm ready for it. So I think that was, when I was listening to him, I was like, yes, yes. And he asked us to type yes <laughs> in, uh, in the chat all the time. If you agree, type yes or type snap or type whatever. And everybody was so into everything that he was saying. And when the session was over, people were like, no, no, keep talking. Please keep talking. It was just so awesome. Yeah, I love when that happens, when you're just so energized and you wanted to continue. So I want to know about some takeaways because I know there was plenty that you probably soaked in during this event. So is there anything that you can think of that you want to implement either in your own leadership journey or back on your campus? So what I noticed, many of the sessions, there was a red threat. There was this do to inner work first. And I really liked that. I was like, hey, I recognize that in Holly Ransom's uh, session. I recognize that in Aisha Crumbine's session. And in Eric Jackson's session, there was this red thread of do the inner work first, take care of yourself first. And I am a big fan of that. I make sure to have me time and to take care of myself every single day. 
And, you know, as a parent, right, it can be very challenging. And also being an educator can be challenging, but I really protect my energy. And I feel like that is so important that when crisis like hits the school or whatever happens, that you as a leader, you know that things can happen. Situations change all the time, but you can control your reaction. You have that power of choosing your reaction. And I feel that that is the responsibility as a leader. And as an educator with the children in the class, of course, too. So with my students, I talk about this all the time. But I think as adults, we need to be reminded of that as well. That when you are on this um, crossroad and you can choose to go left or right, you have this choice. So the power of choice, and that came back in Holly Ransom's workshop as well, unlocking your leading edge. And she was talking about growth mindset. It was like, yeah, that's my thing. So I love listening to her and to hear it from another perspective because like often I get stuck in my own growth mindset, love, perspective. And it was really nice hearing that from her too. Well, Ned, let's talk about that. You love growth mindset and you actually have a podcast. So I want to learn a little bit about that. What's the name of it and how can people check that out? Yeah. So um, on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, it's The Flying Dutch Family. It's also our Instagram name and the website name. So there's only one episode in English so far. Everything else is in Dutch at the moment, but well, maybe I'll step up my game there too. Um, But I'm also writing a book about raising children with a growth mindset. And I actually started the podcast because it helped me to organize my thoughts. Because you can have a great idea about a book, but then how do you start? What You know that, right? How do you make sure your message comes across in a way that you want it to come across, that when people read it, they actually hear you talk or they hear you explaining to them rather than just like going all over the place. So for me, it really helped me to organize my thoughts. I also had this whole research group. So I organized a three-month program of raising children with a growth mindset. And I had 22 participants in four different groups with all these different age groups, pairs um, of children from zero to 16 because I needed them. I needed their voice and their ideas about my four-step plan to raise children with a growth mindset. It's like, okay, it works for me. It works for my family. And I know like some friends, it works for them too. But will it work for these other parents as well? So they were my research group. And I used all that information to make my book even better. That's wonderful. And if anyone is listening that wants to connect with you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, that's The Flying Dutch Family at The Flying Dutch Family on Instagram, our website, and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Wonderful. Annette, thank you so much for sharing not only your journey, but then your experience and takeaways from the Toddle School Leaders Bootcamp. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you. You too.